Welcome to Here There Be Dragons, a Black Sales podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Lewis. And I'm Ned. Yes. <laughs> Surprise. We have a special guest with us today, uh, our friend Ned, who is a Treasure Island expert. And, and recently new fan of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm down to be a Treasure Island expert, but I think also that I am someone who watched episode one eight weeks ago when you said, like, have you heard of Black Sails? I'm like, kind of? <laughs> and you're like, well, it's not bad like the trailers made it seem, and you uh-huh. should watch it, and we're going to do a podcast, and that's when I started watching. So Perfect. now I've watched one a week with the podcast. I'm a new listener, and I'm one season in. And now we have you on record about your opinions. And now, yeah, yeah, and I'm a fan now. I'm oh, a fan. damn. Yeah. So cool. I, not to spoil the ending. <laughs> <laughs> I have enjoyed it, so. Only after season one, which we've said multiple times, is the worst season. It's definitely so. the worst I forgot. I knew that episode one is the worst episode. Yeah, but yeah. that does, by, tr- like, transitive property, make season one the worst season. Okay, Because <laughs> there's no other episodes for the rest of the show where I'd be like, Better this is the worst that. episode <laughs> okay. of the season. Yeah. Which, there are shows like that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah. they're, like seasons where you're like oh my god and then they hit a rut in season three yeah 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 but then even like lost and even breaking bad i feel like had those moments where it was like writer's strike or friday night lights oh writer's strike Mm -hmm. if you're watching friday night lights just get through season two (laughs) (laughs) it's worth it have you watched friday night lights no Next podcast. Next podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you in four, three episodes, three seasons of Black Sails from now. I'll uh-huh. see you. Uh-huh. Great. So, yeah, we're at the end of the first season. We are. Episode eight, mm-hmm. the finale. Mm-hmm. Mm. What a good fucking episode. Truly. <laughs> Great finale. Um, so, here. Oh, yeah. You got to do the recap. Here's okay. what happened. Uh, business is booming in the brothel. The madam threatens to tell the whole street about Jack killing Noonan. However, Jack doesn't care, and he fires her. On the walrus, storms look awful, but also kind of fun. And Randall is offered a new leg, but he hates it. Silver gives Flint the last part of the Orca schedule. Flint and Gates kind of make up over wine. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jack and Anne fight over Max and her growing role in the brothel. Vane arrives at Nessa with his band of Vikings. Flint gives a pre-battle pep talk only to turn around the corner and find no Urka. Eleanor wants to kill her dad, but is interrupted by her plans completely falling apart to cannon fire from the fort. Back on the walrus, Flint creates a plan to confuse the approaching man of war, but Gates disagrees. Flint strangles him, and Silver walks in on them. On Nassau, Hornigold wants to fight Vean, but instead Eleanor makes a deal with him to become partners. Vane spreads the word that Jack betrayed his crew for a woman so that he will never be on a ship again. Facing a mutiny, Flint tries to enact his plan with the help from Silver and a little bit from Randall, but they fail and they're blown to bits. Max and Eleanor also kind of make up. And Flint wakes up on the beach and is led to the shipwrecked Urca. Damn. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Cliffhanger for season two. Major cliffhanger. Major cliffhanger. And also, I wrote... So I, we should start talking. We're going to start talking about the pirates first. We're going to yeah. talk about the whole pirates, the walrus storyline. Yeah, the uh-huh. walrus storyline first. But as you were reading that, I was also like, "Wow, I could I could actually walk through their whole thing chronologically because I want to talk about Randall. I want to talk about Storm on the boat. I want to." But we also should talk about Gates. Yeah, we go, we just we got to go there. Got to talk about Gates. <laughs> got to talk about Gates. I I I I 
jaw, my jaw dropped. I mean, I texted you guys immediately. Yeah. I, I never in a million years saw that coming. You Really? Completely out of the blue? Uh, I guess that in that scene, I thought, like, well, this is going, like, the some of the previous scenes this season. Yeah. Where Flynn just ends up <laughs> capping people because he can't negotiate with them. But I was like, I guess that this is the finale where he's like, now I have to learn a better way. Mm, but it was wow. the other kind of finale, the finale where, like, now he crossed the line. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, well, I mean, like, the line, I guess, was deeply crossed. Like, I mean, you know, killing Billy, as it certainly seems that he did. Yeah. Uh, although they, like, they still handle everything with ambiguity. That's the thing that I didn't think about with those killings is that, yeah. like, you don't see Morley and you don't see Billy. Yeah. And he, like, pleads deniability yeah. like, on both of them. He fell. You know? But, but they, you do mm-hmm. see Singleton, which they name Singleton as, like, the first victim. Or That's Gates right. does, right? When he says, mm-hmm. we could, I could deal with Singleton. Um, yeah. But, the, but Flint's murder of Singleton does not look like, or he does not think of the Singleton murder the way he thinks of the Gates murder. But it's still all. a form oh of God. deception, like the Morley and the Billy murders. Yeah. It's not yeah. that he pretends not to have killed him. He, yeah. he kills yeah. him, but then he, like, he, he messes with the story of why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the story about Gates is just <laughs> really thin. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still. Oh, his heart gave out. Yeah, yeah. Oh it's my god. No, but that's a great scene. Yeah. Where when he comes out and hands on hips, his heart gave out. Your <laughs> friends just like I, I, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's that. I feel like that's um, that is a call or not a callback, but it's a continuation of that thing that we started talking about a few episodes ago about how like he's leading through um basically like fascism just like creating yeah. an alternate truth for his people yeah where he comes out and he's like his heart gave out does anybody want to deny that because that's the you know like that's, that's what happened and that's the, yeah. exactly that's the state story we're going into war now against yeah. the spanish man of war and that's what happened to gates mm-hmm. um it's scary but i'm yeah. just surprised that it was such a i guess i'm surprised that it was such a surprise to you because watching season one again and watching all these beats I found it hard in the last few episodes to not say clearly um, Flint is getting a little more desperate. Like, he's getting more and more cornered with each episode. Yeah. And, like, the Billy stuff. That's we true. don't see it hard. It's hard for him. But we can see that, like, the whole thing is unraveling. People just keep talking yes. to each other. The Barlow stuff is spreading. Mm-hmm. It is um, un- unsustainable. Yeah. Unsustainable and then Gates confronts him in the last episode. And in that scene... You can't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess obviously because I know what happens, but watching that scene where he confronts Gates or he or Gates confronts Flint in Nassau, I guess yeah. they're on the beach somewhere. Yeah. I can't help but he think falls like. falls him into a hut. Yeah. yeah the natural conclusion like, of this scene is like, oh yeah, Gates is done. But what's so smart about this episode is that we get the whole scene of them reliving their history together. Yeah. Before. Yeah. I think that the, I think. I would credit my surprise with them doing a good job with the friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like, but these guys, that's, that hasn't changed the whole season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was like a little bit of a coup that Gates was finding like, I'm not going to back your line anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that it was like, they would then double down on that and still would be like, well, then I'm going to snap your goddamn neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you mean Flint. 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 Yeah, yeah. What did I say? You said silver, but like... Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. so that Flint snaps his neck and then comes crying about it and then silver comes in, which oh. is like the best silver beat in season one, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. When he says, 
I mean, is it early to jump to the silver, what I no. feel no, about no, is the no. silver manifesto? Yeah. When he says, there's always a way. Yeah. That, I think, as a huge fan of, of the character Long John Silver in the book, is like, they nailed it there. Like, that's what that guy is all about. Mm-hmm. Is like, you, no matter how far down you are, you're never out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can always find another way. Yeah. And whether it's lying or threatening or mm-hmm. whatever... There's always a way. What's so interesting is that he... It, I just think it's fascinating that Silver chooses to side with Flint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this whole crew that's against him at this point. Yeah. Especially now that Gates is dead. But, like, for some reason he's, like, seen that glimmer of genius in Flint. Well, it's glimmer of genius or it's, like... From what we've seen of Silver so far this season, I would say he's mostly been behaving on survival. Mm-hmm. It's just been like the situation's just been getting him shunted around this crew, the the crew of the Walrus, just to survive because he keeps encountering these scenarios in each episode where people are threatening his life like, or he's episode. found himself in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so you would, it would be easy to draw a conclusion from season one character of Silver that all he does is survive. But in this scenario, you're right. He's not siding with the winning side. Mm-hmm. Unless he sees something in Flint, I guess, that nobody else is seeing. And, and that's the he take you want to have. He gambles on him a little bit. Yeah. Where, like, he has a sense of the, like, great reward there. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, he puts himself... He has to public... Like, he fires off the cannon. Yeah. yeah. And like, now you're in the shitter with him. Yeah. yeah. That, like, he outs himself as, like, going against the whole crew. And... If we like believe, and I think we do, that he's like not a dumbass, mm-hmm. then there has to be something there, something to choosing that side, and I think like that has to do with seeing what Flint is going after, yeah, or not. I don't know, but they're like he he's you're right that when you he he sees something in Flint, mm-hmm. yeah, that everybody else doesn't see that, and then he sees that's more worthwhile than, like, siding with the rabble and getting off this ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to making a decision like firing the cannon. Mm-hmm. Like, you're right. That is more of the leap of faith in Flint than, like... I mean, everything he does in that episode is, like, siding with Flint and is a dramatic mm-hmm. departure, but firing the cannon is, like... He's tied his fate to Flint's. Yeah, in the eye, Like, very visibly in the eyes of everybody who turns and is like, who did that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but then also you said like we have to believe that he's not a dumbass, but like we still don't know anything about like we know uh, he looks like a dumbass. Yeah, he looks like a dumbass. He also like is definitely reading as like having never been on in a situation like this before. No, you know, like it's not like he knows how to like engineer crews against each other and like or. You know, we have much more of the show to go, and he has more, like, backstory to be filled out, I suppose. Yeah. But, like, I the character... Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know he was on a ship with a guy, with a cook, and he killed the cook, and that's page one for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I am going to find out a bit more. Keep watching the show. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna show. I'm gonna, yeah. yeah, I'm going to... Yeah. Now I'm sold. Now I'll watch the show. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, is there... Okay. Silver, I want to see if I can find any, uh... Okay, wait. The other thing that I, um, want to say about the Flint-Gates thing is mm-hmm. that Flint... I mean, okay, it's like we were saying. He's, he's been acting out of desperation and sort of, like, more and more like a cornered animal. And it's been easy to sort of read that, like, Flint, because of, because of his 
dialogue is like a master planner mm-hmm. or like a has is a master of words and a master of men and like controlling them. And he's t- to some degree a chess master also, but the killing of Gates was clearly not a part of that because of the no. reaction he had. Like he, he kills Gates from leaving the room and then is in that room before silver comes in and is like, I don't know what happens next. Maybe mm-hmm. I die next. Maybe I just killed Gates because he's, yeah, that like, he's completely inconsolable, distraught, panicked, crying, apologizing. Yeah. yeah. And in another, I would say like, so that's, that's a, like a beautiful Flint thing where like, he's all about like, you gotta, you gotta, Marcus Aurelius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's like, you gotta stoic, you gotta like knuckle through your stuff and yeah. like pursue the greater, higher goal. But like there he is sobbing and like in walks the charming sociopath basically. <laughs> like, ha- like Silver does not double take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he sees Gates' body, he's like, all right, here's how we're going to fix this. Mm-hmm. There's no moment of like, oh, I see you killed Gates. <laughs> he like walks in and is like, all right, so he's dead, so here's what we're going to do now. <laughs> Which well, is... and, he, and he goes to like, uh, to touch him and see if there's anything like incriminating going on. Yeah. And Flint is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get off of him. Like, oh, that breaks my heart. He's Ugh. like so protective over the body that he just <laughs> killed. Yeah. It, re- so it really is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. You do a great job. Yeah. You do a great job with Gates. He's so sweet. And you like, and I, I think it was just a thing where like, I assumed that we were going to see that character through to the end. Yeah. So even knowing that Gates is not a named character in Treasure Island. Yeah. Neither's Max. Neither's Eleanor. Yeah. Neither's like most still of the people on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I assumed like they, f- they filled in the gaps they needed. Mm-hmm. You know, I am still curious about we can save this till we've like kind of wrapped up a little more of the episode but I'm still curious about all the named characters that are on Flint's crew yeah so we'll see how many of them actually do pop up in the next three seasons mm-hmm. we should, we'll, get, four to total? we'll yeah, get there four total. we'll get there um, um, but I thought that Gates was just gonna be I guess I thought maybe he would be like a tragic like later on death sure yeah. I didn't see him leaving right now I thought we got a lot more to go on. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I wrote down that I I feel like Gates and Mr. Scott kind of have that same flaw, or not flaw, but like same moral compass that we've been talking about, where Mr. Scott really values like civilization and doing things the right way and keeping it like a above the what's that phrase above the line above board above, above board. board yeah. I, and I feel like Gates has that same desire that he just wants to like do good in, as, a, as a pirate. Well, it's like his whole plan for Flint is I'm gonna I'm not gonna kill you. I'm not gonna participate in this mutiny. I'm gonna send you to Boston. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 like more complicated than that though, right? Because he has been part of Flint's web of lies. Because he clashes with yeah. Billy and says, "Yeah, like, you can't always do the morally right, right. thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. you gotta." But I think you're right. That, like, in, like, he actually really just decided that, like, the moral right was what Flint was all about. But mm-hmm. he's not ruthless in yeah. the way that we see other characters be. He, he has a set of principles mm-hmm. that he sticks to. And then he kind of says at the end, like, my duty is not to you. Yeah. It's to the men. And yeah. I should have been doing that the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Sad. I mean, and to me, that's the arc of Gates's character. It's actually like he 
he was not morally resolute as I think he thinks he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he like let himself get f- too far into the web of, of love, like lies and deceit and all this stuff. It's, it was just too late to turn back. And maybe he thought that Billy would be his saving grace that he could like nurture and mentor a young man who would grow into like mm-hmm. a response, like a, a leader on the ship who would also be a voice for like reason and mm-hmm. the moral and collective good. And then when he saw that even Billy, like, would be snuffed out before, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Billy broke him. Yeah, for sure. And that kind of reveal. I mean, it's like, it's sad of, like, why was he compromising in a way that other people wouldn't? It's because he liked Silver. No, Flint. I can't <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because he liked Flint. Yeah. Like, he had yeah. a personal relationship that he, at the end, is sort of saying, like, my personal relationship is, like, messing with my duty. Yeah. But it's like they were buds and yeah. that like buddy ship like broke him. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Because you want friendship to always be like a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. That scene was also yeah. That scene was also um I mean it was a it was a great scene. It, but there was also like little bits of Flint showing that he doesn't give a crap about the crew also when they were like telling the stories about the old crew and he couldn't remember any of their names or like any of the the specifics of like mm-hmm. Gates, there were little moments in that scene where Gates was like, "Do you really not remember this?" Um, I thought, yeah, that were like also sort of sad, and especially again for me knowing like how this particular relationship mm-hmm. is about to end, where yeah. it was extra sad. Well, I mean, he gives that whole anecdote about the letter for Mister Craig and his sister. Oh yeah, and then he talks oh, about how he couldn't even find the sister, so he just dropped it into the ocean because the ocean oh god what does he say about the ocean that it takes us he says there are no legacies in this life Mm -hmm. the ocean it pays us and then it claims us Mm -hmm. which is like it swallows us whole as if we'd never been here at all (laughs) Jesus (laughs) I think go ahead well I was gonna say is that something like what is that in the scope of the show's themes I think that all nautical literature and film work must eventually make some metaphor of the fact that the ocean has been basically unceasingly the same <laughs> and unaffectable forever. Yeah. I think Moby Dick, I haven't read it, but I've seen some, you know, productions of like adaptations of it which definitely are like and the wave beat on yeah. as it yeah. had for thousands of years before and that like I mean, there's a line in Treasure Island that's like, these sailors were as callous as the sea they sailed upon. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is like, and I'm sure there's a ton more in here, Mm -hmm. uh, that just always are like, when you live in this like, out in this like, sort of tranquil, beautiful, but also like, absolutely treacherous place that like, if you go to try to walk on it, we'll just drown you and eat you and be the same as it was before. Yeah. That's a rich metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, I also, as you were saying that, I do think it's a continuation of, like, some of the stuff we said early on in the season about how no, they don't talk a lot about mm-hmm. um, legacy, really. Like, I would expect them to talk, like, these are pirates who loom large, like, so these characters loom large in our his- history mm-hmm. and in our his- in our fiction, like, there is a lot to be said about legends and mm-hmm. legacy of these characters, but they have no, 
awareness of that in themselves. And I mean, they live among giants. Like they talk about Avery Mm -hmm. like a few times this season. Yeah. Um, but they don't really talk about legacy. And I feel like it's because they all feel in there, like what Gates is saying here, which is like, we are here to act out our lives. And like the rest is just comes out in the wash. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why, yeah, that's why they all live for like the now, you know, it's not like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, well, and I think there's also the sense of, like, Henry Avery has taken on this, like, almost mythic quality of how everyone talks about him. But in their day-to-day life, like, they've just seen so many guys die in, in dumb ways. <laughs> like, we talked about the battle, how many ways there were to die in yeah. that battle. Yeah. yeah. And we're just like, you slipped and fell. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, your head was in the wrong place. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Gates' reality. It's yeah. not Henry Avery. Yeah. Because Henry Avery, he's sort of notable for not getting caught and hanged, right? I think This yeah, is I my sense so. is that, like, one of the things that is notable about him is, like, everybody was eventually shot or arrested and hanged. Mm-hmm. But Henry Avery, like, he stole a shit ton of treasure and then he vanished. Which, like, leads to, like, Libertalia myths and things like that. Yeah. Are we going to get into Libertalia in the show? Does, does, do you know anything about that? No. No. Okay. Have you heard of that? I no. have, but only because of the video game Uncharted, Uncharted 4. Uncharted <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing. I played that game, like, while we were watching the show. And yeah, I think cool. Anne Bonnie is one of the... I, Chelsea's that next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We no. shouldn't get into it, but that's an amazing video game. It is an amazing video game. And the story they tell, I mean, it has themes related to this for sure. Definitely. About like pirate paradise and like, I mean, a nation of thieves. And, and how a pirate paradise is, spoiler alert, like not a viable thing. Yeah. You can't have a paradise amongst people who are backstabbing thieves. Yeah. It's kind of one of the theses of that. Yeah. Theses. With <laughs> theses. Um, so. Is there... Okay, is there any... Okay, so I think we talked a lot about Flint and Gates. Is there any other stuff about the pirate? Like, Dufresne. Like, Dufresne has such stuff going on in this episode. Dufresne? <laughs> I feel kind of like, in so many ways, like, ended up not just taking Billy's role on the ship. Like, he took Billy's role on the show. <laughs> to the degree that they literally, like... The episode Billy died, Dufresne got a buzz cut and yeah. started wearing a sleeveless shirt. Like, what yeah. the hell? And now he's in the same place of being like, I have a sense of morals. I think we should do right. And someone's like, don't. But he, when he comes in to the and sees Gates dead, and then Silver's like, slow down, slow down, slow down. Because this, this, I forget what he says. Yeah. What he lays out for him. But Dufresne's eyes are just like twitching. And then he comes out. He's basically like, what's actually good for the crew? Yeah. Is this going to yeah. be good for the crew or is it going to be bad for the crew? Right. <laughs> Which is like majorly an interesting theme of season one so far mm-hmm. of just being like, you got to lie. Don't you, tell them the truth. Yeah. yeah. They'll never benefit from the truth. Yeah. yeah. You got to tell them the lie. Yeah. Yeah. And like one by one, everybody who believes in the truth is brought over and convinced like, no, you, you got to lie to them on this one. Yeah. Yeah. And and also not only that they're convinced but like Silver is the only evangelist for this way of thinking in this moment. Like Flint didn't have the clarity to say to see the situation. Like in an so earlier distressed. story, yeah. Flint is playing that role. Mm-hmm. Is saying like Gates, we can't tell the men about this mm-hmm. because 
of these yeah. three high pressure yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah. And Flint does not have the clarity of mind to play that role. And Silver not only does, but he does it like better than we've ever seen Flint do it. Yep. And he's more given to that kind of like Silver is the virtuoso. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of the lying. And of and of the persuasion. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing that the show does, like where it's like totally working on me. Where I'm like, Dufresne's walking in there. The captain just murdered that man that a lot of people love. And there's no ambiguity about this. That's evil. And then Silver opens his mouth and I'm like, you know, he's, really he's got a point. And, yeah. Are we going to all be so corrupted by the end of the show? It's just going to be like, you have to kill and lie. And we're all going to be like, and like, you have to be a fascist to impose your will on. Because is fascist the right word in this case? Like, it, it is, right? I mean, it's a, it's a form of, like, they are forming micro-societies on this ship that are also micro-businesses or whatever. And... Yeah, sure. It's a form of leadership, and it's authoritarianism or whatever. I think that we can draw the parallel. I mean, this being like, this isn't a, a primary source document. This is, like, a show made now. Yeah. And, like, what it's getting at is the thing that, like, if you're in a situation... I think what I said maybe once in a text to you guys was the that Flint is the noble fascist among anarchists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, like, the argument he's always making is, like, if you leave people to these people that they're bad impulses, like, they're going to, like, they're going to throw away everything they have. Mm-hmm. But if I can intervene on their behalf and make a few decisions on their part, and I think, like, that's a really... That's a, such a seductive, like, uh, idea because... How many of us have thought before, like, man, a great mass of people are, like, they don't know what's best for the world or what's best for them. And Mm -hmm. if I could just, like, be, like, the good fascist and tell them that they had to think something, but it wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. this other fascism that has historically been, I would just make them believe the good things that I believe, Mm -hmm. but I would make them. Mm -hmm. So that is, like, that's a seductive thing. And Mm -hmm. that, I think, is what, like, Flint represents, where he's like, these people are, like, anarchists with poor impulse control. I'm going to build something great for them. Mm-hmm. But to do that, I have to murder the insurrection and then lie about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, yeah. yeah. If you want to go one step further with that metaphor, Silver comes in and takes the position that I can influence people through my art. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to come in and spin stories. I'm not going to convince you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to just tell you the story the way I see it. And you make your own decisions. Yeah. You know? And that's powerful, too. Yeah. Anyway. Ooh. (laughs) Okay, that's a lot of talk about Flint and Silver. I know. And, um, I mean, yeah, that's that's the arc of Dufresne and the pirates. I also... No arc. Always no fun. Yeah. No fun. But also great position on the show. (laughs) Great voice. Um... I also, but what about the the Randall stuff? I mean, the Randall stuff is fun, and I love the the little payoff of he hits yeah, him with the light. Yeah, it's good. I mean, we just I found that like Silver has an ally. Yeah. And as we said before, like Randall might be the first person that Silver has cared about. Okay. I didn't totally buy it when you said it that first time, <laughs> and I still don't know if I buy it now when you say the first person Silver has cared about is Randall. In the in the show. The first person that Silver has had to make an effort to get to know. Sure. And to connect with and form a relationship with is Randall. And we see the payback. We see that Randall is very loyal mm-hmm. and protects him. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing 
his second relationship start to form with Flint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's definitely developing a relationship with Flint. Mm-hmm. I can see it with the Randall. I, I'm sort of like, well, he's only forced to tie in with him. Yeah. But I also think what you said on the last episode, it is the last episode where he says, like, you may just be a goddamn genius. May all, what is, and maybe that's the same thing as what mm-hmm. he cares, as the first person he cares about. He's the first person who's like, oh, I didn't have you write it first. Yeah. <laughs> where kind of every other character, I think Silver kind of feels potentially correctly like, mm-hmm. I've got you pegged and I have the whole time. Yeah. I don't have any status right now. But I know what is going on with you. Yep, totally. And then Randall's the first person who's like, ooh. What? <laughs> I, I, think I, didn't have, I think I had this wrong. <laughs> and then we still don't know if he's right or not. <laughs> Randall's just like an old farting weirdo. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So that's Randall. <laughs> um, Haven't seen Randall's cat in a while. I'm disappointed oh, to say. Yeah, oh, no. what's her name? She's okay. Betty? Betsy. Betsy. Yeah, yeah. where is she? Maybe they left her on land. Yeah. Okay. They got rid of Sir Pounce on Game of Thrones as well. And they I, did. And I, oh, yeah. And I, after that, I haven't really been interested in the show. <laughs> that was it. Oh, boy. Um, before we leave the pirate storyline, unless you had other things to say about pirates. Well, I was just going to say their plan fails miserably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait. The Yeah, I mean, the whole thing. Yeah, it fails. Uh, uh, first time watcher, so surprised. Yeah. When they, like, when they have those... Sh- I, I mean, the naval battles are always so good. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a cool plan. And then when he, like, when he gets that shot off, like, the range is turning around. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. And they have that wide out shot yeah. where the man of war is like right in the middle, yeah. getting strafed by them. And you're like, yeah, uh-huh. it's happening. Uh-huh. They're going to sink it. And then like it turns around and all its, it's cannon like, things open. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I definitely thought, like, they're going to sink this man of war. Yeah. Maybe we won't find the Urka right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah, this will be their little micro win for the season one finale. They'll yeah. get past oh. this big guy. They got toasted. Yeah. Yeah. And, there, oh, my God, I, I totally forgot about that because there were other little micro moments happening in that time, too, that I, like, that is, that scene is also an example of the whole leadership style uh, conflict playing out because Flint is uh, even after the Gates moment is like very he, he gets his plan he figures out exactly what his because he's he's we know he's very good at naval maneuvers he's very good at the naval warfare part of this mm-hmm. and he's very decisive and he gives the orders and he gives everybody specific steps on what exactly to do and then he's uh, loud and uh, um, confident in all those orders. The second that it's Dufresne's chance to take command, Dufresne hesitates, and there's a, like a very palpable 20 seconds when Sil- Flint says, you have to fire now or it's all done, and he doesn't, and then it's Silver who fires the cannon. Yeah. But by that point, I mean, a way of reading the scene, A, is that Flint is crazy, this was always crazy, it was always a suicide thing, but also his plan was good and Dufresne hesitated, so they died, or so they lost. I, yes, I think you can read it that way. I think I read it more as, like, this was actually a bad plan. Yeah. That Gates was actually right. They should have run. They should have run. I definitely read it that way the first time. Mm -hmm. I think what you're observing is an interesting ambiguity, which is always good TV. Yeah. Where it's like, would it have worked if Dufresne had been like, yes, fire right now? Yeah. And we don't know. But I hadn't thought about that ambiguity before. Speaking of ambiguity, did you think (laughs) as as a first time watcher, did you ever enter your mind that Silver had the Urca schedule wrong? 
Yeah, it's funny that the the conflict turns into something different really fast yeah. at that moment. But yeah, I didn't think a ton about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. the show doesn't really either. But because it is like there's a new threat right away. There is a good like a big new threat right away. But like the whole season one plot is like he's got the schedule. That's why he's alive. And then at the moment that he's supposed to reveal the schedule, it's not there. And like I wonder, I wonder as I was watching and I was like, are you supposed to think that Silver's still got a trick up his sleeve here, Mm -hmm. or he's enacting some sort of plan? Yeah, we're like he was gonna put. I don't know. I, I think maybe no, but can you clarify for me what? So what does happen between Flint falling off the ship, like? Because there are so many... You get at the end, they're like, there's a ship that's wrecked on the shore, and that's the Urca. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is a great twist, because, like, you noticed the weather. Like, you had to notice the stormy weather. Yeah. But you didn't think about it. Yeah. yeah. That's a great, that's a great, great twist. It's a great twist. And then, is the walrus also wrecked yes. somewhere else? We haven't seen it. Right? We, we do see, a sh- like, one quick shot of it. That's okay. what I'm trying to figure out. It's yeah. a little confusing. It is. So so basically, they're, like, on a part of the beach where the walrus is wrecked. Flint kind of wakes up, and they're like, it's going to be a while before the walrus can sail again. Right. And Flint's like, why didn't you guys all kill me? And they're like, we'll come look. And then they go kind of, like, away to a different part of the beach, like, over a hill somewhere, where they couldn't be seen before, but now they can see... The Urca wrecked with all the gold around. Okay. And the ship that's anchored in the in that, quote-unquote, or in the bay, is the Man of War, yes. right? Yes. I wonder what happened to the Ranger. Do you guys know? I don't remember. And did they make it clear? Yeah. They don't, they make, don't it make it clear. clear. They don't make it clear. But also, were there any primary characters on the Ranger by the time we no. were, like, everybody who cared, no, we cared yeah. about was on the walls? Yeah. And I think it's interesting that battle, you never get, the, they're like, the Ranger turning about, but they never right. go show us over there. Yeah. Because of no, no follow characters. I mean, this might change as we keep watching the show, but I'm pretty sure that the ranger just sinks in. It's also oh, shit, really? Shot, shot to yeah. That's Vane's ship and it's just gone. I think so. People who but are I listening to this who watched the there whole show. There are definitely show, people who are like, no! Obviously, yeah. The other thing I love about... I know we've been talking about the pirates so much. I'm sorry. I also love the twist about the Urca gold. I also love that... In a show about ambiguity, there is nothing ambiguous about those piles of gold on the beach. That it's there like, is the gold. Yeah, and it exists, it's right and it's there. there. Yeah, and it's just piles of it. Mm-hmm. How do you spell Urca? That's been bothering me all season. So it's L apostrophe U R C A because it's La Urca. Oh, La Urca L apostrophe U R C A. Okay, right? Yeah, I think Urca. de Lima. Urca de Lima. De Lima. Yeah. What's and an what is an Urca? Um. I think it's a galleon. I think that means. Oh, and it's. A well, you looked up with the with the name meant, didn't you? I don't. I didn't look it up. Look up what it meant. I just looked up what it was. Oh. The, what it is? Did you look this up at all? No, but you. No, you're right. You talked about this. Wow. Yeah. So prob- again, there's probably people who are like, you talked about it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is a real treasure galleon, and I looked it up even more after watching the finale. It's a real treasure galleon. It did shipwreck. It did leave its treasure out on the beach, and actually, apparently. Um, I don't know if it's if it's in the record that it was Robert Louis Stevenson's inspiration for the Treasure of Treasure Island. I don't think that's ever actually written anywhere, but it is in the historical record responsible for like a whole new wave of piracy because there was just gold sitting out there, and a bunch of pirates descended, took it, and like started their own. Mm. Started their own like little micro pirate wow. business, so and because it, of this wreck, a bunch of pirates got rich enough to be pirates. Yeah, yeah a bunch of people beca- <laughs> got rich enough pirates. to hire crews and wow. become pirates. That's cool. 
Um, is is cool. saying that a spoiler for the rest of the show? No. It's not. No. Yeah. Because the, the other thing that, like, it's not totally clear in the show yet, and I'm not sure if it ever is textually made clear in the show, but, like, you should be approaching Black Sails as its own piece of fiction as mm-hmm. counterpart to, um, like, the history and Treasure Island itself. Like, just because something happened in Treasure Island doesn't mean the show is going to take it as, like, that's what happened. Okay. And it's because... And it's partly... I mean, you can make up your own mind whether it's because the show is is just saying, like, we're not interested in that. We're going to re-canonize that. Or because... Or because they're making a statement about the nature of stories and how Uh things get lost to the record and how things get misinterpreted and stuff like that. Yeah, because one of the things that we'll... One of the things we'll get into is I'm like, there are all these things that are said in here, but I'm like, but they're said by liars. Yeah. So why, like, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. When you said they're said in here, he was holding the Treasure Island book, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's waving it dramatically. I'm I'm gesturing (laughs) emphatically with this copy, this well-thumbed copy of Treasure Um, Island. Okay. Let's... Okay, if we're done talking about the pirates, should we talk about other characters on yes. the show, of which so. there are many? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of action happened. That was that was that was the central thread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But okay, so I l- want to talk about Max. Okay, because yeah. I love Max. Um, I just love seeing her in power mm-hmm. and being a very good businesswoman, as okay. opposed to Jack. Um, but I just think <laughs> a that shitty businesswoman. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that Jack should be scared. Of Max. Yeah. He's n- Like, he doesn't seem appropriately nervous about her. Right. No, he's not. I think he... No, I was going to say he's just busy being afraid of Vane, but that's that's not actually an accurate reflection of that situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not scared of her yet. That's the first time you are. Okay. Well, scared of her, like, he should be scared of her from a business sense. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, like, that she could take over the whole thing right out from When she head. comes out and says, here's how you actually run the business, he's like, well, thank you. Instead of like, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. you might run her. this whole yeah. shit someday. <laughs> like, like I'm going to be working for you instead he's of... very trusting. <laughs> yeah, he is. Extremely. <laughs> for someone who's, like, supposed to be like, eh, I'm always thinking about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's very trusting. Yeah. She, I think that, and probably the probably the show's doing this on purpose, but, like, I think everybody's still thinking of her as, like, the whore who's, like, got a few more brains in her head. Yeah. yeah. But I assume that we're going... She's gonna keep moving past. She's gonna keep disproving that assumption. Yeah. yeah. I'd say so. And she sums it up pretty concisely when she's out on that, like, when she's, like, just chilling with Eleanor at the end. Oh, what does I she say? I love that. Eleanor says... You said this whole place was sand, that it wasn't worth anything, that we should leave, and it's just a pile of dirt. And she's like, yeah, but there's good things about sand. Nothing is, nothing's fixed, everything can change. Like, Vane was banished yesterday, and today he controls the fort, and who knows what can happen tomorrow. And she says it about herself too, right? She's yeah. like, she was like, I was a whore getting abused in the fuck tent yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And now I like co-run a business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A really successful business. And yeah. my outfits are great now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Her have, outfits are really good. And I am now like a fashionista and yes. I'm clean and I'm not bruised and I am taken over. And she also says to Eleanor, like, right now you run a very successful business, but who knows what can happen tomorrow. <laughs> 
it's like a very failed threat. Um, I just love the moment where she says like, uh, thank you for showing me that nothing should come between a woman and her ambition. And it totally reminded me of that scene in Moulin Rouge at the end of the movie where, <laughs> where Ewan McGregor's like sobbing and he like throws money into Nicole Kidman and he goes, thank you for curing me of my ridiculous, ridiculous obsession, obsession with, with love. love. <laughs> yeah, she's keeping it together a little bit more than Ewan. <laughs> but arguably it's the same beat. A beat that's, like, not a beat. No, it's not the same beat because you know Liu and you're like, you are such a sad boy. It's so clear. And with her, you're kind of like, does she mean that? I mean, it's it's fucked up and twisted, but does she kind of mean it? Mm Mm-hmm. I know. I know. What do we... What do you think? Does she mean it or is that just like... Ah, well. I think that she... I think that this is... It's hard to speak about it without trying, like, revealing mm-hmm. anything about her path. But mm-hmm. I think that a lot of Max's internal struggle that we're going to see moving forward is this idea of wanting love and companionship and um, and wanting to love someone versus her ambition and yeah. her desire to make something of herself and to be a part of civilization. Yeah. And it's interesting that, like... Give stuff away. No. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's cool to see that, like, that plays out in the first two episodes. Right? Where she starts out at a higher status than she arguably is for almost this entire season. Yeah. And she's like, I've got a power play. Mm -hmm. I've got a power play to make, and it's a pretty decent plan. And what's more, I'm going to get to run away with my love. Yeah. And that's the miscalculation. Yeah. And she gets knocked all the way down to the bottom. Mm Mm-hmm. And then has to, like, work her way back up. Mm-hmm. And, like, gets to a comfortable enough place where she's like, yeah, we can talk now. Yeah. Because it's interesting, like, she, there's, like, there's, like, there's nothing, there's no kind words for Eleanor the whole season. Yeah. From yeah. her. Mm-hmm. At, after episode two. And mm-hmm. then in this finale, she, again, is like, we can chat. hmm It's not kind words, but it's like, they're always getting along. Mm-hmm. But that is an interesting... I hadn't, like, necessarily clearly seen that struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that I feel like is going to become more apparent as the show moves on. Um, you guys are smiling, because you know. <laughs> <what's happening. laughs> ah, it's exciting. Also, season two like, is a lot more for Max. Oh, I love season I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. Because yeah. she's a good character, yeah. but she has not had really so much. much I mean, like, do, yeah. She's had a lot of, like, getting punched, yeah. like, before or after or during, like, being raped. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, her first her first few beats in the show were not just with her and Eleanor. They were with her and Silver. Mm-hmm. Like, she mm-hmm. was going toe-to-toe with, like, the master, like, liar of the show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I want more of that. And it felt like, yeah, like, she got backseated pretty early. And yeah. And really had to work the whole season to get back up out of that. Yeah. 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 Also, this is the episode uh, where everybody loves Eleanor. <laughs> we also get Vane talking about how much he loves Eleanor. Or how, at one point, he did. It's tricky because we start to see his comeback, but we didn't really see him as this version ever before. Yeah. Like, he feels a lot smarter than mm-hmm. he has in the show previously. Because when we saw him at first, he was like, 
brawny, aggressive, powerful guy just through his, like, reputation. And then we see him get dashed to the ground by Eleanor. Dashed under the ground. Oh, for dashed literally to the ground by under the ground. And then buried by... <laughs> literally buried character. alive. But now he's coming back and he's already, like, has done this kind of smarter power play with getting these Vikings on his side. And now he's, like, very thinking, like, tactfully, like, taking the fort was his goal. Mm-hmm. Something I'm always really interested in with characters, because it's something that I'm interested in philosophically is when somebody comes to the revelation where they're like, I used to believe in this social construct, and now I recognize it as such. Mm. I don't believe it anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what he says in this, where he's like, I used to worry about the rules, and now I don't believe in the rules anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is always, like, an interesting... Because we've got a lot of, like, rule breakers, but in different ways. Yeah. And he kind of had that bad boy personality, Mm -hmm. but also, like, he was kind of playing ball. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, he was just, like, a a smuggler for Eleanor. Mm -hmm. And then he, like... She booted him out, and he's like, can I come back, please? And mm-hmm. she's like, no, you really can't. Mm-hmm. And he had to go do his different thing, and now he comes back, he's like, I'm starting to see through. Yeah. Starting to see through the things. Mm-hmm. Well, I love what he says about how when we're on this island, we forget that there's a whole world out there. Yeah. yeah. Foreshadowing. Well, <laughs> it's just Yeah, I think that I, we, the viewers, have done that a little bit. I'm like, oh, it's a show that takes place on an island, and in the water is like near to that island. Yeah. <laughs> but there's going to be a bigger world coming forward, I guess. Foreshadowing. Fun. Mm-hmm. Fun. Mm-hmm. He also says that thing about, I know what you really want, a life free from <gasps> fathers. Yes. Which is exactly wow. what we've been saying this whole time. She's well, like, I've got too many fathers. I got I got fake fathers on top of my real fathers. Yeah. Too many dads. Which is like it's um Too many dads. <laughs> it's a it's an observant thing to say, but like it's not like she loves hearing that, right? I mean, I think that there there is an acknowledgement of like he does know her very intimately. Uh-huh. And and I think that she is both scared of that and also comforted by that mm-hmm. like in some ways Vane is very safe because they do know each other so well mm-hmm. and we kind of get this like the same sense that we get between Jack and Anne that they've Jack has known Anne since she was 13 Vane has known Eleanor since she was 13 hmm. like there's a, a parallel there of like and I, I like from when you're 13 to when you're 20 something like that's a hugely influential part of your life mm-hmm. for both of them to be intimately connected with these partners like yeah I just think that they deeply know each other and that that is sort of at the heart of, of Eleanor so at the end of, se- of the, the end of this episode the status quo is that she and Vane are in this uneasy partnership mm-hmm. of like co-own co-control of the island mm-hmm yeah, and that fort came into play. Like you guys said it would. <laughs> did, we say, did we say it would? Well, uh, well, yeah, I think when they introduced Horny Gold up in the chair, yeah. you're like, and there's a fort, and we're insinuating that it matters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just because oh, yeah. Gates, like when he talks to him, he's like, I've got the fort, that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The fort he, does matter. I think that Horny Gold becomes like, I kind of feel like the writer's, like, he started out as, like, what's this character going to be? And then, like, he gets less interesting all through this season. Yeah. yeah. He's not a totally very interesting fair. character. No. No. Yeah, he... Yeah, he sort of just becomes a foil for Eleanor. Yeah. 
to, to motivate her and to, yeah, push He's also, he is, it, which is a shame because he, he started off as an interesting voice on the show. Like, his introduction sitting in that chair and saying, like, I'm, you pirates, you kids all running around still doing this life, and I've figured out what the post-pirate life is. Yeah. Um, which I think, like, there is some self-conscious, like, lampshade shots fired back, which he calls him an old lady. Yeah. He, yeah. like, does feel like he's of, like, the old generation who's just like, there can't be change. Yeah. yeah. Which is something that I like to make fun of. <laughs> <laughs> old people are like, you can't change stuff. It's so yeah. funny we to figured see... figured it out already. It's so funny to see even in the world of, like, a retired, like, pirate is like, well, <laughs> things are going to be like this for the rest of eternity. He literally like, wants to sit in his chair. Yeah, yeah. he's like, well, things are going to be normal now. <laughs> Nothing's yeah. ever going to change ever again. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. but that, that is interesting that he he tries to respond to Vane like he would have in the old days using this secret that he thought only he knew about. The secret the tunnels, tunnels. Yeah. The secret tunnels of the fort. Oh, yeah. And Eleanor's just like, no, I told him about the tunnels and we're not going to do it your way. <laughs> Like, and I, he's shocked. So, yeah, I don't know. I think his perspective is still there, in a way. Yeah, no, it's, it's there. It's just, like... But it's diminished. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. I also think it's great, a great callback. When you guys are like, he's talking bullshit when he's like, do the mm-hmm. rational, emotional thing. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, they hit that really beautifully here. Mm-hmm. He's like, why do you do this? She's like, I'm doing the rational, emotional thing. Like, <laughs> you want me to just stick by your side, but the better thing is to let Vane be in charge of the island. Yeah. To which I think he goes, bruh! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It's a lot easier to say smart things about the show when we know how every episode does. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, well, well we, could talk, we can touch on um, Bane and Jack, too. Oh, yeah. That's a well-shot scene. With the sunlight coming in. Well, yeah. you done with the We've place. talked about the cinematography a ton, but that's it's good. I want to talk really about... I don't know anything about it, honestly. I don't know how to talk about it other than to say, like... Like, even the storm scene on the ship yeah. is like, how did they shoot this? I and was wondering that as well. Just, the guys just moved. Really? No. For the most part, the, the guys The set is not shaking? The, there is one deck that can move a little bit like this, but for the most part, they're just moving. They do a great job of it. Yeah, they do a Everything's really good job. Everything's rocking. Yeah. There's definitely one set that does move. And maybe they put, like, different furniture on that it's one. Just like, they just, like, have, I don't know, somebody's, like, got a table. They're holding the other side of the table going, <laughs> <laughs> just shaking it back and forth. I don't know. They, yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, the cinematographer, I mean, they're also shooting it on location in where? Like, uh, in Cape uh, Town. Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And it's just gorgeous. I mean, the water's beautiful. The sand is beautiful. It, like, yeah. clearly looks like they're on location I mean, somewhere. They're outside. They, they built, it, are they in South Africa? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. They built ships. Yeah. Like, multiple ships. They look so good, and you can tell that they built yeah. these big-ass ships. To and yeah. and, and also, they, like, they made, basically, everybody who has to fulfill the role of pirate on a ship do, like, intense... Um, training to yeah. like make sure that so they look like they are physically able of like pirate boot camp. Yeah, mm-hmm. sweet. I'm sure that was not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe you get became pirate. But but the J- the Jack Bane scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I was gonna say something earlier. Also, when you talk about the return of Vane and how we don't really get to see a chance at the beginning of the season to uh-huh. see him in its prime, him in his prime, is that it? it well, I, no, we we do see him as in his prime, but this is a different prime. Right. Right. But I, I was thinking as you were saying that, like, oh, it's a shame we never get really get to see... It's a shame we don't really get to see Vane at the height of, like, um, also having Jack and Anne on his crew. Yeah. 
Totally. They're like a little bit washed up from day one. Yeah. As a, as a unit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I don't know how easy it is to picture when like you're still being introduced to the characters, but like, yeah, they had a crazy team going on mm-hmm. and now it's like shattered and like it's tra- shattered. And I'll say this to do a little like season one check-in. I like, you asked me right before we started if I liked the theme song and the answer is yes. And I was about to, I was thinking, I was like, what are the things that I didn't love in the beginning but have now been sold on? And the answer is, like, almost everyone and everything. (laughs) (laughs) In the entire show. Wait, talk about that. Yeah. Uh, It's like, what did I like? Like, okay, I liked Anne Mm -hmm. and Billy and Flint almost as much as I did at the end, in the beginning. I was like, these seem like cool characters. And they, of course, we got richer, but I was like... From the beginning, I was like, we, we got richer explorations of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from the beginning, I was like, okay, I, I see these as cool characters. Yeah. But Vane, I was like, this dude is is just so boring and muscly. <laughs> yeah. And Jack, I was like, what a caricature. He just seems like a CW pretty guy, like, doing a Jack Sparrow. And the theme song, I was like, this is droney and annoying. What? And, like, <laughs> Silver... We we'll, I, I have more to say about Silver, but one thing I certainly thought when I when you when you're like you like Treasure Island, watch this thing. Mm-hmm. One thing I was like, I never want. I one thing I never thought I needed to see was what Silver was like when he was a hot guy. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot more. There's on all these things. Yeah. I've like come 180 degrees, or I've just like come all along and like yeah. loving them now. And we can return to Jack and Anne and all that. Um, but I, I like, I start off, I was like, I don't want to see a hot young Silver. I don't want the Hayden Christensen of, like, <laughs> Silver prologue. Uh-huh. I don't want this, like, pretty guy who's going to be a dingus the whole time. So, obviously, there's a lot more there. But, um. I, when I watched the, the first episode for the first time, I had the exact same reaction. He, like, peeked out of the sheep ship and I was like, I'm Silver. I'm like, bullshit, you are. <laughs> yeah. no You're not way. Long John Silver. I was, no yeah, way. when he said his name, I was like, no. It's <laughs> like, this guy is so miscast. Yeah. Wrong. So, so he's not. <laughs> Wrong. You know, you guys know more than I do how not, but I, he seems to not be. But, um, something else you said at the end of episode one is like, they just try to introduce too many things. Yeah. And one of the things is, like, when halfway through, they're like, and here's another ship, and it's got this guy, Vane, and his Mm -hmm. two sidekicks. And I'm like, too much. Too many. Too dumb. Don't want them. Don't like them. (laughs) They're dumb. (laughs) (laughs) And by the time I liked them, it's true, they were not really the crew anymore. They were were off, and they're, like, dealing with their shit. Yeah. And I think the first thing around is, the first thing I really liked of the three of them was when Jack comes in that tent and is all like, you have to see what's happening on the... Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) His reading of that line is so good. That that dude knows how to break up a line. He knows how to... He can deliver lines. He totally won me over on that. Yeah. I was not a fan of him from the beginning. I thought that... But, yeah, we... One thing that's shocking about this show is that there's no stars on it. Like, Toby Stevens is... The closest? The bad guy from the bad James Bond movie is the only... Right. This is what I said. Todd was like, who's on it? Yeah. My brother. Because he's like... He's always telling me about person of interest and he can't get me into it. And he's like, it's oh, got yeah. Jim Caviezel and uh, Taraji P. Hansen. And then I was talking about Black Sails. I was like, well, that's the TV show that I'm in. And he's... 
who's in it? I'm like, well, it's the bad guy from Die Another Day. <laughs> and he's like, which one's that? I'm like, it's yeah. the one with ice. And he's like, I don't remember the bad guy. <laughs> Toby Stevens is good in that, but he's amazing he in this. And amazing. Yeah. I mean, the guy who plays Vane, Zach McGowan, is getting more and more work. He's mm-hmm. been on a bunch of shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Has he? Okay. The 100. And yeah, he's, he's like, he always he's working a hair? lot. Okay. And he doesn't yeah. sound like that. He does not sound like the Vane character. He's doing a voice for yeah, sure. Yeah, he does a voice. Really yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. apparently yeah. he like walked into his audition and was just like, I'm Charles Vane. And like never did his own accent or his own voice. Uh-huh. And that that must have worked. <laughs> and it did. Because he was like, hello, I'm Zach. Pleasure, to, pleasure <laughs> to be here today. Which, I'll be doing the A side first. All right. He's American. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Unbelievable. He's good. Yeah, he is good. He is? Wow. Silver's Australian. What? (laughs) Silver's Australian sneaks in a lot more than. Yeah, Yeah, I guess he. Yeah, okay. Who else is what? (laughs) Um, Is Max really French? No. No, Max is American. Okay, I guess I could see that. Yeah, Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That's Eleanor. Eleanor's accent is different too, but she's British. Um, How about. How about Jack and Anne? Do they sound like that at all? I'm sure that she doesn't sound like that because Anne is a British is British, she's right? She's a model. She's a model, yeah. Dang. Yeah, she's a model, and she is also an amazing actor. They're like, we can only see like a quarter of your face for at least the first <laughs> half of the season. Yeah. But the silhouette has got to be perfect, yeah. like of the hat and the cl- yeah, coat and everything. Yeah. Wow, yeah. she's good. Yeah. Jack and Jack is British too. Mm-hmm. Is he? Yeah. He was in. Um, I can't. He, he was, was in, in the that, present. He was in the present when it was in Sydney, right? Or when it no, was on when Broadway. No, it was on Broadway. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. What is that? Is the that play? It was a play that was on Broadway last mm. year. Yeah. I didn't see it, and I now kick myself every day. Oh, because, because you wanted to yeah. see it. Oh, <laughs> Jack Rackham. Yeah, he might be Australian. He might be Australian, too. I don't know. By the way, we I'm, worked on that show. Like, I'm that was fooled. one of our shows. Yeah. And I could have got. I, I totally missed out the chance to see Jack Rackham. I'm floored that Zach McGowan is an American. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. All right, so anyway. But, so, but anyways, it's, <laughs> it's crazy that not, there are no stars on this show. And my yeah. mom actually made a really good point. It's on stars. It's on <laughs> stars. But my mom made the point where she was like, I love that it's people I've never seen before. Yeah. Because that I can helps. invest so much in the characters and not think about like their perform or I mean like you do think about the performance but you don't think about it in the context of like I've seen them in so many other movies and this is like that character they did but it's I got to say there is an actor who joins the show later on Mm -hmm. who is not famous but I've seen him in things Hmm. and it is hard It, it is it changes the world a little bit for me yeah because all these, you know, that's a that's a true phenomenon. When you don't know the character, don't know the actors, it's easier to buy into their characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's especially because really this character is playing a named, recognized, yeah, famous pirate. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, it's I'm sort of, so curious who's coming down the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually, one of the things the show does so good is new characters. Like they, mm-hmm. I, I think this. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I was surprised when Vane killed his bearded dude. I was like, this is Blackbeard. When he's like, is my, oh. name, is my name, got that far, I was like, it's Blackbeard. <laughs> and then he killed him at the end, I'm like, oh, never mind, I guess he was nobody. Yeah, no, he's just a big guy. Yeah. Some last couple thoughts that are circling my brain, at least. Um, did we, I don't this know if one, we mentioned... As a listener, this is one of my favorite parts of the show. Really? The last thought. Oh, Miscellaneous cool. thoughts? Yes. Why? I don't know, because it, like, tends to just be, like... Favorite lines. 
Yeah, it's like favorite things. It's rather yeah. than like we'll like have to sum things up, which is really entertaining too, or else I wouldn't listen. But, <laughs> but but it's like oh, also we like I also that one thing like won't get out of my head. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Did continue. we talk about keep wondering? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good scene. Yeah. So so we had our first start of friendship when Silver said, "Well, maybe we'll be friends by then." Back a bunch of episodes ago to Flint. Yeah. And now he's like, are we friends now? That you have the whole schedule? I'm wondering where we stand. Keep well, wondering. Keep wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. That like, yeah. Toby Stevens, he nails every single line. Yes, yeah. he truly does. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting was when Mr. Scott is talking to Eleanor and he says, um, he says, God's on your side. Which... Just made me think, like, I don't know if we've talked about religion. Or God, yeah. Or God yeah. in the show yet. Uh-huh. Or maybe we have, that it's just sort of kind of assumed that everyone is Christian in some form. Well, the preacher's been on a character with Mrs. Barlow. That's true. Right, we did talk about that. So we've seen religion in the sense of this, like, truly insufferable guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think that would kind of imply, like, none of the rest of these people really care about it. Wasn't it a thing mm-hmm. on ships and even pirate ships that there would be like a priest who would lead them in prayer like chaplain yeah Yeah. like Mm -hmm. even on a pirate ship they would pray right to talk to talk about treasure island treasure island has a really like there's much like fall to your prayers bit Mm -hmm. and then jim has a conversation with israel hands where he's like like you better follow your prayers and he's like why and he's like, because you did all this horrible stuff. <laughs> and then something that I think is really good and worth getting into later is Israel is like, way I see it, horrible stuff is the only way you get by in this world. Mm. But then later on, there's this thing where they give Silver the black spot mm-hmm. uh, and like part of his like masterful argument back to them is he's like, who, where'd you get this paper? Who wrote the black spot yeah. on the Bible? Yeah. And they're like, uh, that was Dick. And he's like, Dick? You're screwed. Dick's like, no, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They all get scared of it. So, yeah. like, there is definitely... I think it would, like, the pirates are not atheists. Yeah. They are, yeah. at least historically and literarily speaking, they yeah. are not atheists. Yeah. Although they probably have some... I guess, like, Hans is an example of some of them have a loose, mm-hmm. irreverent attitude towards it. Mm-hmm. But some of them are, like, very God-fearing people. Mm-hmm. And even... Like, when you bring up the black spot and stuff, like, we haven't even really seen superstition sneak into the, the right. their oh, stuff black yet. spots, which appear a lot in this. And they also really nail that stuff in Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes. Fall to your prayers! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, another thing, we've already, we talked so much about the Gates-Flint uh, stuff, but yeah. I loved when Gates said, well... Because, again, like, I'm watching this, I'm already thinking, like, these are Gates' last lines in the show. This is, like, what he does right before he's murdered by Flint. And he feels like he's doing the right thing, and he's about to set the course right for everybody. And he says, we're going to do the trial. We're going to bring him back and let him go to Boston. Or we're going to let him go to Boston and live at a peaceful life. He says, we'll do it like civilized men. That's how we avoid the abyss. And it's just... Like, the abyss is coming for you no matter what, dude. <laughs> the yeah. sea is coming for you. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I love that when they're when Flynn's giving his pep talk to the crew, he says paradise is on the other side. Oh, yeah. 
He's, he's just, just a like, great speech yeah, giver. Yeah, yeah. 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 Speech fire. And who, who says this? Let's discuss reality. That must be Gates, right? Someone says... Anybody could pull that line against anybody else. Like, Eleanor could say that to Hornigold. Is that Gates or, or is that Flint? Let's discuss reality. I remember the line being said, and you're, I have no idea who said it. Um, does Silver say it to Dufresne? I feel like somebody says it to Dufresne, yeah. Mm. Let's discuss reality. Yeah. I'm going to do it in all my best character voices, <laughs> and you tell me which one sounds right. What, is Mac, what would Mac sound like? Uh, let us let's discuss reality. <laughs> we must discuss reality, you and I. We must have a discussion. Excellent. I don't even need to know who said it now. Yeah, Chelsea sounds fine. I'm good. Um, oh, I don't know if we quite nailed nailed this, but that um, Jack not being allowed back on a ship is like a fate worse than death. Oh, yeah. That wasn't clear to me that that was what was being said. Mm. I thought that that Vane is like, you're in the doghouse with me. Mm. I didn't, it, it, somehow it didn't get to me that he's like, you can't go on a ship anymore. Well, he, say, he is oh, saying he's literally, like, you're, you're on the doghouse with me, but I will make sure with every other pirate that they yeah. carry my reputation. I think that he yeah. says like, you're going to stay here and rot with them. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess it didn't really like land on me in a way where I'm kind of inferring like that continues to play but even i think it's i think it's sort of introducing the concept that jack cares so much about sailing and being a pirate we haven't seen him on a boat one time exactly like it doesn't really land because that right it's it's introducing the concept while also like punishing for him for it and like it it, in in the same sentence it's saying for jack the worst thing in the world would be to not be on a crew and stuck on land and that's what's going to happen right now. <laughs> well, no, but that but that doesn't it doesn't work because he has spent the entire season not having a crew and being stuck on land, right, and yeah. he seems like okay. He's like right. doing kind of decently. Well yeah, there, he guess. actually seems like downright happy until Vane walks back in. Yeah, you know? he's having a good episode. Yeah, right. it's also kind of like I don't think it's a. I think that the finale doesn't. Well, maybe just the finale's decided like probably intelligently. Like some people are going to have their last climactic beat previously. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, like Mrs. Barlow, who doesn't even show up in this because the argument that she had with Flint before was like, that's where that story should end for this. Mm-hmm. But like, Anne and Jack, is that the right who, who I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anne and Jack, like, their argument at the beginning of this episode, like, doesn't seem to affect either of them super strongly. Yeah. I mean, it's like a good little bit of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And they both say, fuck you, Jack. Mm-hmm. Which is great. <laughs> but then, like, they're kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. 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 This, you know, and you said it for Max, but it's also true for Jack and Anne. This is the beginning of their season two story. Right. Interesting. Right. So. Yeah. Stay tuned, I Stay guess. tuned, uh, yeah. Cool. What, about, what about, what about, what about, thank you for your services? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's a good last line for us. I, I do. Also, I'm, you're welcome. You're welcome what? That's what Randall That's said. a good callback. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I more was saying... Actually, I was more saying, like... That's another Can we line. talk about that? That was one of my thoughts. <laughs> Wait, but, do you want to talk about it? Or did we just blow past it? Like, yeah, that was funny. I don't have anything to say about it besides, like, what a weird line delivery and, like, what was going on there. I, mean, I don't just know. Chelsea and I rewound it ten times. To be like, <laughs> I rewound it. <laughs> yeah. Notice missed. Thank you for your service. <laughs> weird. I, I truly don't know. 
Yeah. It's funny. It's flippant. It's, it's funny. Like, yeah. It's so I mean, I'm sure he was like, I don't want to actually say thank you to, for your services to yeah. her. How can I make it not and not sincere? I, fe- I also, one thought that I had at that moment was like, when I do, when I'm like shooting a movie, and, and this is nothing I came up with, so I assume it happens often. Like, af- like after you think you've got it, you're like, okay, one more for fun. Mm-hmm. And if I like really mean it, I'll be like, do something different. Yeah. So I feel like that was probably like take seven for Jack. <laughs> yeah. And he'd been saying like he 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 he'd done his like you're dismissed. Thank you for your services. And uh-huh. You're dismissed. Thank you for your services. And then last time he goes, you're dismissed. Thank you for your services. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. That it just feels like the kind of like, like when the actor feels like free to do weird shit. Yeah. Increasingly, I feel like I can see that happen sometimes in movies and TV shows, and it's always like so. It's a way in which, like, acting doesn't actually pass for real life. Mm-hmm. And when you get to it, it's, like, a little bit more, like, a weird impulse that a human would have. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, so rewarding. <laughs> like, okay. And I feel like... Yeah. But then also, I just think, like, Jack's delivery does that. He's never gone quite so weird. Yeah. But a lot of his deliveries sometimes just feel, like, a little less, like, TV than yeah. other people's. In a yeah. really good... I just That just sounds like somebody... Like, don't you fucking dare leave me here. <laughs> yeah. Like, all his... Yeah. You, yeah. Were, you were saying before we recorded, a lot of his stuff sounds so contemporary. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, the line when he when when they come out on the beach after Somebody the cannonball start, he's just like, what, what the hell's going on? on? Yeah. yeah. He sounds a little contemporary, and I think it works. I think yeah. that there's... We, we talked about... He also has 80s hair and weird I sunglasses. I love we, his hair. He... I forget where... I picked, we picked this up from him. Was it an interview with him or an interview with the producers or whatever? But it's like very clear from the outset. Um, someone said their intention with the pirates was to display them as the rock stars of the Caribbean, which is like definitely true. And like pirates of the Caribbean, they definitely like have that influence in Jack mm-hmm. Sparrow and everything else. Um, but Jack, he's doing, you, you know, you could be reductive and say he's doing a Jack Sparrow take, but he's, he's not, I but he's definitely doing a rock one. star take. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's he's definitely doing a rock star take. He definitely, <laughs> the way he just like sits at a, <laughs> yeah. at a table yeah. and like, sips his little wine and like, does uh-huh. his little mustache. Yeah. <laughs> the hair, the facial hair, the sunglasses, the what the hell's going on? It's like yeah. he is a rock star that just wound up in Nassau. Yeah. yeah. But poor rock star is a small business owner. <laughs> <laughs> Never allowed back on stage again. He has to like, yeah. just spend all this time thinking about payroll and yeah. compensation. <laughs> yeah. Never allowed back on stage again. It is very sort of rock starish to be like, if you help me start this new business, I'll give you 50%. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh-huh. how numbers work. <laughs> yes. Yes. 300% perhaps? Yeah. I was thinking, I was looking at his beard and mustache today, and I was like, I should cosplay as him. And I was like, I think oh, it'll just emphasize that my should. face is fat. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I think, like, part, I was like... No, because he has the sideburns that really accentuate your cheekbones. Yeah, but I was, like, looking at him, and I was like, that dude's face is long, and if I style my face to match up closely with his, <laughs> it will just make me look round and doughy, so I won't do it. But it would be a fun I cosplay. All right, that's good to know. Chelsea and I really strongly considered doing uh, Jack and Anne for Halloween costume this year, but we didn't yeah. want. And it would be a safe thing to do to go to parties and just be like, "We're pirates," and then yeah. for like the one person there, be It'd like, be like "Jack and Anne from Halloween." Yeah, that'd be. You guys can really pull it off. Yeah, I I also want to do Eleanor though. I love her outfits in this season. Okay. 
get the Flint hair going on. Yes, just do a little ponytail. Do a little ponytail. Yes. Just do Flint faces. <laughs> he fell. <laughs> oh, yeah, the he fell facial delivery. What do you think yeah. happened to him? At that point, I was like, I literally thought, I was like, he must have actually fallen. <laughs> and then he drops the mask later in that scene when he's like, you should have been a better dad. Oh, yeah. But at that moment, I was like, what if he did fall? Because yeah. it's ambiguous enough that I was like, and just early on, like watching straight through, it's like possible that the show is like setting you up to think Flint's a murder, but actually yeah. they were all accidents. Yeah. At this point, I obviously am no longer contemplating that. <laughs> yeah. But at that moment, I thought... Yeah. He delivered, he fell so convincingly, yeah, I think. He, he fell. Yeah. Because he just looks like, what's really fun is that he, like, he looks confused a lot. It <laughs> works for him. What are you talking about? He We're going to do this thing. This is the plan. Thank you for listening. We, um, as always, are on Twitter at There Be Sales. And you can rate and review us on iTunes, which helps other people find us, or just tell a friend at Thanksgiving or Christmas or whenever you celebrate. Tell a friend family member um that's how our mom started listening (laughs) (laughs) and thank you to ned for being with us today and uh sales (laughs) (laughs) no don't you say the um oh say what thank you you're dismissed thank you for your services (laughs) (laughs) do we want to give ned the opportunity to plug something we can, right? Oh, yeah, we can. Do you have anything to plug? Do you want to... Do you want to talk about Dog Night? Look for Dog Night on the... That's an original um, narrative horror audio drama. Seven episodes in total that uh, I co-created with my Chicago-based theater company, Rabbit Bat Theatricals. Cool. That just came out of me all natural. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, we didn't prepare for that at all. Look up Dog Night. It's dog, really cool. Dog Night, yeah. Rabbit Bat Theatricals. It's... Not for the faint of heart, but if you watch this show, you probably aren't. Because yeah. Dufresne bit a guy's throat out. So <laughs> it doesn't get grislier than that, I think. The, no, the, it's very good. I know we, I know that our show is not about Dog Night, but it's a really cool concept that you guys did this podcast show, and then the finale was done in a live event in Chicago. Yeah. You can also, I guess, you can also experience the finale in audio form. Yes, and eventually we'll probably have a video clip of what that live event was like for reference. But yeah, there's there's a, there's a full seven episode complete arc yeah. that you can enjoy online now. At, look it up there or go on rabbitbattheatricals.com slash dog hyphen night. Cool. cool. Thank you for that one, Plug. Thanks for having <laughs> me on. Bye. Bye. Sales. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have a better button for the show. Yeah.